Principal Matters Podcast, Episode 128. Hi, friends. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the School Leaders Podcast, where each week I bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week, I want to talk about integrating technology school-wide with my guest, Janelyn Taylor, National Distinguished Principal of the Year from Oklahoma, from Nance Elementary in Clinton, Oklahoma. I'm excited to present this recorded webinar that we did together. And if you'd like to see the webinar and presentation with her slides and examples, you can check them out at COSA's website at ccosa.org, or you can see my show notes on my website at williamdparker.com. You'll notice a few places in the recorded version of this where my mic uh, is in or out. And so I apologize for the poor audio on that part of the webinar, but I think you'll find the takeaways from Janelyn's presentation, powerful reminders for how your leadership matters in helping students learn and how technology can be a powerful tool for enhancing learning with your students. Thanks for listening. Thanks for doing what matters. And I'll talk to you soon. Well, welcome everyone. We're so glad that you've joined us this morning. We are recording today's webinar so that if you did not have time to finish or if you're able to log in later and you're watching this in its recorded version. Either way, welcome to COSA's Education Leader Webinar Series. We are so excited to have Janelyn Taylor, 2018 National Distinguished Principal for Oklahoma, sharing with us today about how to integrate technology school-wide. Janelyn has spent the last 11 years of her 36-year career as principal of Nance Elementary in Clinton, public schools in Clinton, Oklahoma, where she is an innovative leader who leads through collaboration with teachers and school-wide teacher leadership. You're going to really enjoy today's presentation because Janelyn walks through how, as a school, they have taken technology, not just placing technology in the hands of students, but as a school-wide effort, teachers and students together learning how to integrate technology into all areas of learning. And so, Janelyn, thank you so much for taking time in your busy day and everyone else for being with us. I'm just going to let you take control now and, and just walk us through your presentation. And I, if I have some questions, I might jump in and ask a few as we're going. I've muted other people's mics at this point, but at the end, I'm happy to open those up uh, for questions or comments. So, thank Perfect. you, Janelyn. Well, thank you for that great introduction. That was um, very humbling to hear those nice things said. Um, just to start with, to get a big picture of where we started, we had the advantage of having a superintendent and a board that um, recognized the need for technology and the equity it could bring to our students nationwide educationally and in their learning experiences to make sure our kids were at the same place everybody else was in the nation with technology. And part of that started with one-to-one iPads for our students even our pre-K students. We just knew even our youngest kids were going to need that advantage. And so that's kind of where we started there. And that buy-in from the top down is what really made the difference for us. We also started writing an OETT grant and received that in 2015. And OETT is the Oklahoma Educational Technology Trust. And they uh, work with K-20 Center, which is an amazing professional development group, and uh, along with all of their other talents that they have. And they worked with us to, a a team of teachers, 
to write the grant. And once we got that grant, they we had money to purchase materials and technology type materials. And we had a wonderful professional development attached to that. And that was a big start for us. I would say that that staff development brought us together and gave that buy-in for our site, that we started to see the needs that we had and how we could address those. The next thing that I would say was really big for us as far as getting it to our whole staff was the model classroom. And we did that. We started this about two years ago and we've evolved and I will, we're going to talk about evolving later, but that model classroom, the tech integration specialist, it would meet in part of the makerspace with the classroom teacher and her class. And the tech integration specialist would be the one that gave the lesson and showed how to use the app or the technology. And the students would observe as as well as the teacher, the classroom teacher. And then about halfway through that lesson, the classroom teacher would take half of the kids and the integration specialist would take half of the kids. And they would work on that lesson together. So that classroom teacher got to hear the expert and heard the vocabulary and heard the terms and got to practice with that support of the integration specialist. And that was huge for our building. Um, It gave the teachers confidence to go back and work in their classrooms and feel that they had a little bit of knowledge before they jumped in without that support. Janelyn, you guys started several years ago then, first with an a district-wide plan for technology. And then it sounds like you had set up models with teachers teaching teachers. And has that continued today? It has. I'm going to share a little bit about that as we go to how that's continued. Because as I said, that continual growth has to happen also. We can't just say we're satisfied with where we're at. And part of that is that we, our district has continuous strategic improvement plan or CSI. And Two of our goals, goal area two and goal area four, specifically talk about curriculum and instruction, and then also the community school engagement, which um, our technology, that was one of our goals, was to get our our students' voices outside our walls, not just that we were seeing them do it, but they were sharing what they were doing with others. That's fantastic. And I I know this is obvious in in your presentation, but I think it's a powerful practice that instead of just handing your kids one-to-one devices, you guys planned far in advance for the kind of learning use that you wanted to see really before those kids uh, began to, to use those devices. Is that true? That is true. We weren't without our challenges for sure. And I'm going to show you a quote. As an administrator, you have to stay ahead or right with your teachers as they learn technology and model, model, model. And I think that was one of the things that K-20 kind of taught me was I had to be right there in the trenches with them. I couldn't send them to staff development and hope that they got it. I had to be a troubleshooter with them. I had to know how, to, how everything worked. I worked with the tech integration specialist and the teachers to make sure I was staying caught up with what they needed. And part of that is I know... Ed camps are huge. There's a Western Oklahoma technology, I mean, Western Oklahoma Ed Camp, October 13th, which is a chance for administrators to go and learn more. Those are a great, you can be at every level in the technology field and find something that's going to help you look, grow and learn. And that's through Merit Schools that is hosting that. Yeah, I was going to ask you how in the busy life of an administrator you had, you found time to learn, but it sounds like Ed camps have been a powerful way for you to do that. Very much so, especially right in the beginning. 
This is a quote from one of the teachers that is Mrs. Martin. She's a first grade teacher. And she said, I wasn't excited about having one more thing to do. We, uh, we had all random apps on the iPads, pages and pages of apps. Our district had put a lot of money into the purchase of new technology. I knew this wasn't one of those things in education that comes and goes or swings on the pendulum. The old saying goes, if you can't change it, then change your attitude about it. And that was part of a quote from Melody Martin. And, you know, technology is wonderful for student learning, but it's also been a management tool for our teachers. And she was specifically talking about QR codes in her listening center and how she, if you ever talk to an elementary teacher, they hate tape players because you have, you have to teach the kids how to push all the buttons and you have to, uh, there's lots of management to that. And you're limited to how many people can be on that listening center at a time with QR codes that she was talking about that takes that away. But mainly it was her, in her quote, talking about the attitude. It, the attitude changed. And Melody was one of those, um, she would tell you she was an anchor. And she ended up being um, going with me and four other teachers to ILI conference and actually presenting. And so she went way out of her comfort zone to learn and then to teach others. That's a really powerful statement. If you can't change it, then change your attitude about it. And it really sounds like you modeled that too. Try to. I think that's our job as administrators is that we, that's always part of it. One of the other things is that we try to continue staff development. And this doesn't have to be me. This seesaw went wireless Wednesday activity. There were several teachers that worked in uh, with the technology integration specialist. And they met after school on a Wednesday afternoon and invited people from the district to come and broke up into groups on how to different, how to use different parts of this Seesaw app and how to grow as they were using it. So um, we continually need that staff development. So that's continuing, Ed, that you, that you all are continuing to do now. Is that something that's available for teachers across the entire district or just your school? No, teachers across the entire district. We, we try to get that staff development to anyone who's ready to go to the next step or who needs to go back to step one and, and you know, new teachers coming in, it can a little, be a little bit overwhelming to uh, come into a school that has a lot of technology. And so that's a challenge, but we have to support that. And this is uh, Mrs. Seltzer and Mrs. Calvert and Mrs. Seltzer in the seated position would tell you that she is not a great tech person, but she is wanting to learn. And um, this was after Wireless Wednesday, and she was going through her notes and helping someone else. And Mrs. Calvert was learning from her. So um, that Wireless Wednesday carried on. And that's that's what our hope is, is once one teacher learns it, they're teaching to the next. And this is the model that we kind of go by. There's lots of uh, different SAMR models, but uh, this is just an example Basically, the S is substitution, and it's what will I gain by replacing tasks with new technology, but it really just replaces a current technology. So it might be just taking a picture of a piece of paper that the student has worked on. The A, augmentation, it functionally improves the task by using technology. So you're making it a little bit better, and that technology is an integral part of it. M, modification, you're really changing the whole task. And then our redefinition, the task cannot be done without the technology. And so that's kind of a growth model that we have. Um, when we were using lots of lots and lots of apps, like Mrs. Martin talked about, we had to slim that down and find out what were the apps that were really going to get us from the S to the R. And part of that was evaluating what we were doing as a building, taking off some of those apps and narrowing it down. 
That's really powerful, Jana Lynn. And what I like about that model is that you move from, really moves from the technology as a tool to the technology as a creation piece. And so, and I know you're going to show some samples of how your students are using technology for creation of ideas, which I think is really, really neat too. Yes. And one of the questions was from a teacher when we very first started was, what are we doing that's different than what the, what they're doing at home on their own iPad? And we decided that it had to include that creative part of the student. If it was just using apps, that's that wasn't the way we wanted to use technology. And that kind of started our vision of where we were going. This is a substitution model. And this is basically the teachers just having the student use the camera and take a picture of their journal. It still has value to a parent because this journal doesn't go home every day. So the parent is able to see what's going on in the class. This was the P page. I see a panda and a penguin in there somewhere and a pizza, but that's basic substitution. They're just taking a picture. Now that these are, this is kindergarten, but they have had to learn how to use the camera and how to put it in the app and do several different applications on this process. So, but it would be more like a substitution level. This next one that you're going to see, the teacher is able to make a template and send it out to the students. So after they went to the fair, the teacher sent out this template. This is what everyone, every one of the students saw on their iPads when they came back. And this is just an example of what the student completed. Wow, that's amazing. So the template is something that the teacher could share with every student. And then within that template, each student was able to design their own uh, response and then save it digitally. Yes. And when we set this up with parents, and I'm going to show you a little, talk a little bit about that later, but in just in this slide, you can see at the bottom that there's a little heart and a couple of names. This went out to parents or grandparents and they were able to like the picture. They could comment if they wanted to. The teacher could also put this in the writing folder so that she could look at it later and and have it organized in a strategic way for herself. The students can go back in theirs and look at their what they've done, their works throughout the year. Yeah, just a quick technical question. So, and you may have said this already, but so all of the parents or grandparents whose children are there, do does the teacher have to email them something or is this just automatically something that gets posted and that they can see? At the beginning of the year, we send out a QR code on a letter to the parents or grandparents, whoever they want to share it with. And the parents are able to load the app and connect with the teacher. As the student, when this student, uh, Lindsay, completed this project, she clicked a little green check. It sent it to the teacher. The teacher had to approve it, which is just a quick process of hitting a, clicking a button. And then it was available for the parents and grandparents to see. Neat. That's wonderful. What, what's the name of this program again? Seesaw. Yes, and it is a free app. And there, this, there, one of the advantages of this app is it has so many options that are available and they're continually adding. So it gave us the creative factor that we really were wanting to use. This was one that was done by um, a sample by another student. The teacher in math gave them a sorting assignment. Initially, all these objects were on the left of the page and the students sorted. And then I will just give you a chance. Down here, you'll see that the teacher wrote great academic vocabulary just to reinforce that. It shows who's seen it and who liked it. But I'll let this student give you an example. Hopefully the sound works. How is a square different than a rectangle? Because the rectangle has two sides and two long sides. And the square has two sides. 
the nice thing about this is it's the teachers, when they send this template out to the students, they can file that in the math file. They can use that as an assessment. The parents can, they can have this where the parents don't see it or they can share it where the parent does see it. But the biggest thing is our teachers are hearing our students' voices and our, our students are sharing what their knowledge is with, independently without having to compete with the rest of the class at that time. So it's, it's really been valuable for us. So those, grand, those grandparents can hear all of the things that those students could record as well. Right. And it's very powerful that parents know what's happening in the classroom and they can see exactly what skills and activities the kids are working on. And it's, you know, it's that cue factor too. They, for our little ones, their parents want to see what they're doing and it makes them much more engaged in what's happening at school. This is an example of uh, my side of what I see on this. And you can see the total number of items that we have shared out from our school, total amount of comments, likes, and I think the last one over there that I can't see is shares, but um, it, it's been a powerful tool for us to get messages and videos and comments, all those things. But the biggest part of it, it's, it's just a tool that gets our students' voices out. It gives them a voice where they can really share their thoughts. So we're looking at just since the beginning of school, which you started your recording dates, August 24th. So just since August 24th till September 23rd, your students have shared 53,172 items. Is that what that says? And I believe that's from the, that may be from the beginning, actually. It says the start date, I think, is that 52,000. Mm-hmm. And, but the 53 is from our totals from we, when we started as an ad, having this as an admin, which we, means that we pay for the app. So that's been three years. Okay. So, so that's 53,000 okay. in three years. Okay. Wow. That's still a lot of content. Yeah. So, and yeah. then you can actually, you can actually gauge how many parents. So I'm looking at 42,108 parent views. And so that's pretty amazing that even yeah. with the, percentage of items that have been shared. I mean, that's a vast majority of parents that are actually viewing the items that kids are working on. We had a parent during an interview one time that was telling us that he'll be underneath the car working and he'll hear the ding on his phone and know he knows that his little boy is sending something from Seesaw. And so he's uh, crawling out to see what his child has learned at school. And that's powerful whenever that he knows right away what's happening with his child. Yeah, that's amazing. And then the other thing that I would say is, um, and I've repeated this, I think, several times already, but I think we have to continue to grow and offer our learning opportunities for our teachers. And we have to be the one that's in that seat that's leading it. Not everybody's wanting to do that when you start. Not everybody's on board. But with the staff development and the help from teacher to teacher, that just grows and grows. It does help that we're one-to-one. I know that there's some schools that are, you know, it's a challenge because of that. But that's just a tool. And there's lots of ways to use that tool effectively, even if it's not one-to-one. We use things in our makerspace technology in the makerspace that's very valuable but other items like Flipgrid, which is an app, Apple Classroom, Kahoot, Coding, Osmo, Nearpod, Differentiated Assessment are all valuable tools that we're using. And I, just as an example on Kahoot, which is a multiple choice, an app that the teacher enters the questions and she is able to enter the answers that she wants available to the students. 
they use their iPads. And as the question comes up, they choose answer A, B, C, or D, and it tracks the answers they get correct. Like any good teacher, a teacher that uses Kahoot effectively is going to have a lot of success. Um, I saw a teacher use it and she asked questions between every multiple choice question. And they, they looked at the answer and they talked about why did somebody not get the right answer? What did you think it would be? It was lots of teaching in between there. And then I've seen a teacher use it and it was just, that's right or that's wrong or that's right or that's wrong. So it's always got to be the teacher. They play the integral part. And I think as administrators, when we start technology, we have to make sure that they trust that we know that they are really the part that is doing the teaching, that technology is the tool they're using to make that happen. Janelyn, thank you so much for giving us all this amazing content on the way that your school is integrating technology. As you're, as you're wrapping this up, I'm just curious for the average student, because you have little ones, you know, I'm, I'm a secondary guy and you're an elementary expert. How have the kids, do you feel like, um, adjusted to integrating technology and the learning that they're doing? Do they is it becoming a natural thing for them to do or, or does, do you sometimes have challenges? I know that it's not, nothing that we use is is ever easy. I'm just curious uh, what some of the challenges have been. The little ones just naturally are drawn to it. Mm. They don't have much fear about pushing any buttons and that's good. And that, and now is a really great time to get them involved in the technology I guess the reason, I mean, it, we've had challenges as far as there's always those little tech things that we do, but it's got to be procedures, lots of procedures taught as how to use it. Mm-hmm. And um, we've had a lot of success. I mean, Seesaw is one of the things that we moved from pre-K and those kids learned it so well, the parents expected that same interaction in kindergarten. So we moved it up and now we're pre-K through 12 with that. So that kind of tells you how well it's worked for us. Challenges would be that teachers learning it. They, you know, they it's new for them. Our kids don't have any fear. Probably easier here than it is even like at middle school and high school. If you're coaching a school leader on uh, beginning this process with their teachers, if uh, maybe they they've had a little technology but they want to dive in deep, what what other feedback would you give them for taking this on school wide? Start with a small group, build a buy-in with that small group give them staff development and not a huge, I mean, start small Mm -hmm. and then grow, but start with that group that you know is going to have a buy-in with you and then build from there. They, they have their trust groups that they work with individually that they can go back and sell it to that group. And then it, it grows. And then just making sure that that staff development is there, even if it's one teacher to the next is really powerful. And hopefully that would, you know, be a good building block, but, and then, Make sure to tell them why it's needed. Why do we need technology? Why, why are our kids going to need this in the future? And give them some research on um, the things that are going to be happening for these kids when they're grown mm-hmm. and um, that the jobs are going to be different than they are right now. And they, they need to be thinkers and innovators and they need to be creating. Well, Janelyn Taylor, thank you so much for giving us all that valuable information. I know that as I talk to school leaders across Oklahoma, um, often what we're hearing from our communities when they critique or analyze our schools, often we hear people talking about um, they want their kids prepared for this generation. They want their kids to be prepared for the jobs of the future. And as I see the kind of innovative work that you're doing and other school leaders like you, I know that your students and teachers are entering into a world that can often be unpredictable, 
but it's the kind of world that we have to prepare kids for, which is uh, how do they use technology for the kind of learning that they're doing? How do they stay uh, not just uh, understanding content, but creating and sharing that content out, whether it's pre-K kids or high school seniors. So thank you so much for giving us those models. Congratulations on being recognized as Oklahoma's 2018 National Distinguished Principal. Janelyn, how can people stay connected with you if they want to find out more? Um, I put a slide on here, Janelyn Taylor at cpsreds.org, or I've got two Twitter accounts, NES underscore principal is the one I just give out information on, at Janelyn Taylor is the one that I follow people on, and then NES, hashtag NES123 is our school site Twitter, because we are a Twitter school here. I just appreciate the opportunity to get to share. I would welcome any questions. We don't have all the answers and we don't want to claim that we do, but we have been on the path a little bit. And so we might be able to prevent a few pitfalls that we've found. So feel free to contact me if you have any questions. Yeah. Well, thank you, Janelyn. And thank you uh, school leaders who logged in this morning. I will be taking a recording of this and placing it on the COSA website. So if you want to go back and look at some of the content that Janelyn shared, or for those who couldn't join us live, uh, it'll be available. November 20th, Kim Cooney, who is the principal of Glenpool High School near Tulsa, Oklahoma, and the secondary principal, high school principal of the year, will be sharing. Her school has been an ICAP pilot. And this year, uh, they've had a huge transition in culture with something that Kim calls FOMO. And if you'd like to learn more about that, we will be sharing out that registration link. Um, all of our COSA webinars are free for education leaders. So we just want to encourage you to stay connected. Thanks for learning together. And we'll uh, talk to you next time. 